Hello and welcome to episode two of Torquem Talk. Today we're super excited to bring on four-time Pro Bowl or Super Bowl winning champion Drew Bledsoe. In our conversation, we ended up covering a lot of different things. A lot of the main value that I think you guys are going to get the most out of is Drew telling us how he's made sure that his business is always planned for the worst and how he hasn't gone out of business so you can apply it to yourselves, whether it's to your business or actually to your bank accounts if you're not an owner of a company. Um, talked a lot about football analogies on being a quarterback compared to being a business owner and also gotten a lot about self-awareness and knowing like what are you the best at and going all in on that and knowing what team members that you have and what they're good at and making sure they're doing that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. We even got in depth on the big hit that ended up happening to him where it knocked him out, almost killed him, that brought uh, in Tom Brady and how he was able to overcome that mentally. So please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation between me and Drew Bledsoe. So going into what I was curious about is... uh, this yeah there we go i like the uh, i like the sound of that <laughs> this is um one of my so this is yeah one, this one is your favorite, company one, one of my favorite sounds in the world that that uh, cork being popped yeah so this is your company double back yeah and one thing that is not a normal transition is football the wine right so how did that happen uh, I tell people in the, in the short version, it was a combination of uh, fear and passion. Um, the fear part, you know, when, uh, when, when uh, the stats around retiring uh, athletes are pretty scary. Uh, you know, something like 70% of athletes have some, some sort of financial distress, marital distress, substance abuse, you know, some sort of problem within three years of retirement. Um, so I, that, that was the fear part. I didn't want to be one of those statistics. Uh, the commonality I saw with, with athletes that su- successfully navigated that transition is they had something else to do, something, uh-huh. to, something to throw themselves into, some place to apply that passion and work ethic and discipline and all those things that, uh, 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 that allowed them to be successful in football. Uh, and then the passion part was we really like wine. Right. <laughs> and so the, uh, the magic confluence of events for us, though, was we really like wine. The more I learned about it, the more intriguing it became. Uh, but the little town I grew up in, Walla Walla, Washington, while I was off playing ball, it became known as one of the great wine gro- grape growing regions of the world. So I was able to go back home to my hometown right. and uh, start a business and start a business that, that quite honestly, we feel like, um, you know, competes with uh, in, you know, any wine business in the world. And we really feel like our valley is producing some of the very best fruit in the world. And then we try to, to be responsible stewards of, of, that, of that fruit. So what was going through your mind when you were like, OK, I'm going to start a winery? I mean... <laughs> You made a hell of a wine. This is like yeah. this is the wine that I reserve for like special dates and good friends yeah. that are coming over and stuff like yeah. that. This isn't just wine I have to myself when I have it. So this is for a special mm. occasion. It's, it's oh, you a can very, still have, very you know, good you, know, you can still have it for breakfast. I mean, that's fine. We encourage <laughs> that behavior. <laughs> right. So yeah. but, so I'm having it like for super like yeah. nice events because yeah. it is a super good wine and yeah. it's not the least expensive thing in the world depends what income bracket you fall sure, into sure, coming sure. around like ninety hundred dollars a yeah, bottle right. uh, but it's worth every drop of it but how do you go about being like okay i'm quarterback in the nfl and now i'm going to go into winemaking how do you find people that are going to help you become a great winery yeah you know i uh 
Uh, well, you hit on the most important piece. That's, that's finding the right people. Um, and I had a, a, a significant advantage uh, in going back to my hometown. Uh, I was able to hire my next door neighbor uh, growing up uh, to be our first winemaker. He's still uh, with you today? Uh, no, he's not. His protege has taken over now okay. uh, for us and I think has actually even taken us to higher places, which is cool. But, but Chris Figgins, who, we, who was my, our, our first winemaker, uh, his dad started what uh, ultimately became the first quote-unquote colt wine ever in Washington, Lee and Eddie Sellers. And they were our next door neighbors growing up. I had no idea they were there, by the way. I, you know, I knew Chris Figgins, had no idea what Lee and Eddie was, mm -hmm. didn't care about wine. Um, <coughs> pardon me, but as I, uh, as I you know, started to develop a passion for wine, this Lee and Eddie became uh, this, this, my, one of my favorite wines in the world. Right. Uh, and it was from my hometown. Mm -hmm. And Chris was making that wine. So when we set out on the... It made the, it an easy target then. Well, to be honest with you, I had, I had no concept that he would ever consider working for anybody outside of his own family. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we, we got set up on a blind date by his cousin, who was a friend of mine. <laughs> and we went, to, uh, we went and had lunch at Subway, of all places. And we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm talking to Chris, and I just wanted to pick his brain. You know, I mean, this guy's yeah. winemaking superhero in my mind. Um, and uh, so I sat down, and I just thought where I was going to learn a little bit something from uh, or a little, learn a little something from him. Uh, but as we were going through the conversation, I quickly figured out that he was actually considering doing some consulting outside of the family. And I was like, well, shit, man. I, I, you know, this guy, if I was going to make a list of the most desirable winemakers, he would have occupied probably the top five spots. Wow. You know, because he's, wow. he's in my hometown. He's world-renowned. Mm -hmm. He's extremely talented. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to step up my game and convince this kid to go to work for me. I call him a kid. He's two years younger than I am. Uh, but but uh, and uh, um, sure enough, I was able to to convince him to to become our winemaker, and that was that was pivotal in uh -huh. uh, the success of what we were trying to do um, was to have somebody with that kind of experience, that kind of pedigree. Um, so and then, where, where would he be? So we, we've had this discussion before, mm -hmm. the comparisons of being a quarterback and a business owner. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like um, how you draw this out. Um, yeah. So where would he be as far as like if you were to make the analogy on your football team? Yeah, yeah. So really different. So I, I, and, and now uh, Josh McDaniels now falls into that, uh, into that role now. And he's been, he's been fantastic, which uh, kind of a funny side note. Josh McDaniels also happens to be the name of the coordinator, the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. So, okay. Um, kind, any, of a, kind of a, any relationship? No, no right? relationship whatsoever. Uh, but my Josh, the winemaker, just as a side note, my, my our Josh, our winemaker, um, he gets trolled on social media all the time, like he's the coordinator. Like when uh, the when the coordinator he, so the the football Josh McDaniels he agreed to be the head coach of the Colts, uh -huh. and then backed out at the at the eleventh hour after he'd accepted the job. Well, the winemaker Josh McDaniels on on Twitter just started getting crushed. I mean, these people were like want to kill him, right? They're just like, I, you know, I wouldn't piss off on you if you're on fire, you know. Just like, you know, I mean, they were so mad at him. And so the the winemaker Josh, he came to me, he goes, "Man, you wouldn't believe how mean these people are." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm glad I wasn't playing in the era of you know social media. It would have been rough." Um, but but anyway, back to answer your question. Um, the Sounds way that, like he'd be your offensive coordinator. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, it's actually very – and so uh, um, if I were to take it and, and put it in a football analogy, uh, in a football organization, I would be the owner general manager. Right. Right. So I write all the checks mm -hmm. and I decide what the vision is, Sure. you know, for the – in this case for the winery. Um, as the owner and general manager would for, for the football team. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, Josh is, is, you know, head coach and quarterback. 
Uh, right. And uh, so he, he takes all the vision and actually puts it into action. And then we've got a fantastic, very small, but fantastic team around him that, that allows us to continue to be successful. And so when it comes to like your analogies to leadership and mm-hmm. being a quarterback, I was fascinated if you could elaborate on a bit of, um, if you recall talking on you being the quarterback for teams, mm-hmm. whether it's in the NFL or Washington State, and you basically have people coming from all sorts of different cultures yeah. and how you manage that and how you compare that to business. Yeah. You know, um, playing professional football, uh, and, and I've challenged people on this before, um, and nobody's, nobody's come up with a, with a better one. Um, I think it's the most uh, diverse group of people in, a, uh, in, a, in one setting together that has to work toward a, tom- a common goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got people from, you know, the inner city with bullets flying around. You yeah. got a quarterback from Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> you know, you got a, an offensive lineman, from, you know, Max Lane, who blocked for me for a number of years. He's from Norburn, Missouri, mm-hmm. which is a town so small when we played the Chiefs they canceled church because everybody was going to go watch Max play, right? <laughs> and then, so you get these guys that, that, that grew up so differently and have such different experiences, but you have to work together toward a common goal. And it's a really interesting equation to try to put together. Really magic when it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and the, but then the, uh, you know, the parallels between um, you know, playing quarterback and running a business, uh, they exist all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a reason that, that all of these football cliches make their way into business, right? Like, hey, I need you to quarterback this uh, project for sure. me. We, you know, we got to stick to our blocking and tackling. You know, we got to get this one across the goal line. Yeah. You know, hey, we're in the red zone here. Let's get this going. And I think a lot of people use those in business and don't even rec- realize that they're talking about football. Yeah, and I, I think also like when you're talking about dealing with somebody from Missouri and then inner city bullets flying around, it's just it shows even if like in Bend, Oregon or in Walla Walla, if you're hiring everybody that's mostly like from that area, they still are different personalities, right? And to treat everyone the same is and be like, oh, they'll respond nicely the same way that Lisa did when I approached her this way because that's just the way it is. But Max doesn't think that way. Right. And so right. I... That's why I think it's one of the keys to your success is you've yeah. been able to read people as you had to read them in Washington State because I'm sure you had people coming from oh, yeah. across the Northwest. Oh, yeah. And then the, you were just talking about the Patriots, yeah. I mean, all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to understand, you know, different people are motivated by different things. Um, uh, you know, some people need a hug. Some people yeah. need a kick in the ass. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes, you know, different people need different things on different days. Um but, but trying to understand that. And then also, you know, it's really, really important. Um, it was important in ball and, and certainly important in business. Um, you know, before, you, before you're critical of somebody, you got to understand where they're coming from. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I knew that. And, I, and also coaching football now at the high school level, um, you know, you're going to go jump somebody's ass for screwing up. Well, you first better understand what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. You know, did their, you know, in the high school setting, did their girlfriend just break up with them? You know, and at, at, at work, is there something going on in their home life that's showing up? That, 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 that's showing up that it, and and uh, and so, you know, you really have to understand where they are in their life um, before you try to coach and motivate them, uh, and then you just have to understand their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but there are some, there are sort of some, you know, to me, some universal leadership truths though that um, that you have to, you know, you have to acknowledge. You know, number one, um, you got to have mutual trust and respect mm-hmm. um, across the board. 
Um, and that can, that can transcend whether you actually even like somebody, <laughs> you know, if you, but if you, you know, you may not have a ton in common, but if you have good mutual respect and trust, then you can work together effectively. Um, you know, that's universally true. Uh, one of the, one thing that I've, I definitely found that that's a, a direct translation from, uh, from football into business. Um, you know, I was a quarterback. If you'd asked me to play left tackle, man, I would have tried my ass off, but we would have been really awful. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and, and same deal. If I'd asked Max Lane to come mm-hmm. play quarterback, man, he would have tried really hard, but we would have really sucked. Sure. And, and in, in business, um, it's the same thing. Being you know? self-aware of your strengths. And yeah, be aware of your strengths. You're, 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 yeah, you play into your strengths. And for our employees, you know, I feel, you know, one of, one of my most important roles um, as the, the owner and, and essentially the board of directors for our business is to make sure that I'm using our team in the highest and most valuable way that I can for their skill set. You know, for example, we have um, uh, a couple of uh, ladies that work for us and their big gift, and it's maybe the most important thing outside of making good wine in our business, but their biggest gift is their personal relationship skills with our customers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't want um, and for example, I don't want her bogged down in the minutia of bookkeeping and inventory. I want her on the phone talking to our customers whenever and as much as possible. And she's great at it and they love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so having, uh, you know, uh, having her doing some mundane task that's, uh, that's less important is, is counterintuitive to our so, business. So play to your team members' strengths. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you're saying that not, it's actually rare that I run across entrepreneurs that have said this. Um, it's something that I try to work on every day, but showing empathy to your team members yeah, too, yeah. right? Like when you were saying like relate, like what's going on at home? People don't mean yeah. to screw up. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, your numbers are down three quarters in a mm-hmm. row. Right. Are they meaning to do that? Most likely not. They mm-hmm. might have be going through a divorce or mm-hmm. there could be all sorts of things happening. Yeah, well, you know, what you know, what things are in play, what, the, what things are affecting them and, uh, um, you know, and, um, you know, but then they're they're also you know on, along with that, um, you know, one of the most important things is empowerment, mm-hmm. um, and I try to at every turn um, empower our team and let them know how much I trust them, mm-hmm. um, and give them a great de- you know great degree of autonomy, um, you know, to do their job. And and a lot of times, what I found because we have a a, a really great group, um, if I give them broad direction mm-hmm. and then get the hell out of the way a lot of times they'll do it better than i would have instructed them to do it yeah just let them figure it out on their own it's kind of like uh back to the football analogy if you're you're basically saying you trust them so you delegate to them mm-hmm. and for that being said you're able to grow they're able to do other things that you're not able to do because if you just think that you can do everything mm-hmm. then you're gonna be the quarterback running the ball instead of handing it off yeah, and Drew, work. you're good with your arm, but that I, I don't, don't think that you're that good that doesn't, work, that doesn't work very well. It's not a good <laughs> recipe for success, you know? Yeah, so you're and, delegating yeah. the ball, the ball yeah. to the running back, and you're like, yeah. take it, I trust you. Yeah, take it, I trust you. Go make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our team really functions very, very well that way. As long as, you know, as long as they're as long as they're in their 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 proper briar patch, right? Right. You, you, they have you know? to be account. You have to hold yeah. accountability. And, um, and we also the other thing that uh, that we do, and they and and they know this. Um, there are times when they have to wear multiple hats. We're a small business. Sure. You know, um, and uh, one of the things that I that I enjoy the most about our team, outside of the fact that they're just really funny and fun to be around, um, 
that they all are versatile that way. Uh, you know, so there may be times where, you know, Joe, who's more boots on the ground, um, back there making wine, following Josh's instruction and, and doing the grunt labor. Um, if we have an event and he has to go up front and sell, he can actually go do that. You know? um, and, uh, and we work on it and we talk about it and so on. Um, and so we, you know, we, we do ask him to cross over a little bit sometimes um, and have some versatility. But um, as long as we, we try to keep them mostly in their primary areas, uh, areas of, of competence, the, the better we function. So one thing I'm also curious on with your team and we'll, what, what I realize is that in Double, Double Back, you started in 2007. Yep. Yeah. So that's right when the economy got hit hard. Yeah. I started this company and Amazama Media in 2013, so I've yet to be punched in the mouth. <laughs> I've yet to take one right across the jaw. Yeah. You <clears throat> got punched in the mouth right when you opened your doors. So how did you how did you get through it? <clears throat> well, um, <clears throat> it's a huge advantage launching a business in that environment. Um, you go look, then there's there's actually uh, I would think the opposite because you're selling high end wine. Yeah, no, but, I, <laughs> but, but here's yeah, but you, yeah. so you go you go look. There's a there's there's a, a list that you can go find of businesses that were started in a recession or a depression, mm-hmm. and they're a lot of them are the biggest most successful companies in the world. It's like Johnson jo- Johnson and Johnson, and like you got it's a cool list to go look at. Um, check that out. But the reason that that's so hugely important is that if you um, launch into a roaring economy, mm-hmm. you can be sloppy and get away with it. Right. Everyone's making money right yeah, now. Yeah, everybody's like making money. Like right I mean, now, everyone's making yeah, money. Like I mean, if you can't like, win right now, you suck. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, when, when, <laughs> when, I, when, when I, when I, my, my last um, football season was 2006. And so we, um, we moved here full time uh, to start. Was that t- with the Cowboys? With the Cowboys, yeah. Um, so, so we moved to Bend, Oregon, um, full time, mm-hmm. starting in um, in 2007. And what made you come to Bend and not go to Walla? Oh, all the all the all the reasons that every, all the reason that everybody <laughs> reasons that everybody comes here. We like to ski and yeah. golf and bike, and we like sunshine. Sure. And but the reason that we've stayed we'll here, edit all that out. Yeah, no, don't come to Bend. It sucks. Bend sucks. Don't move here. Bend sucks. Don't move here. Um, you know we. Uh, yeah, we got uh, we got transferred here for work and we hate it. Uh, but the uh, um, but when I you know when we first moved to Bend and you know in you know 2007, it was really bad here. Everybody was retired. You know, yeah. it was like you know like if you wanted to play golf on a Tuesday, you sent out an email and everybody could just show up at noon on a Tuesday, and everybody was a genius because they were you know making money hand over fist and everybody was in real estate yeah and uh all they you know we'd be on the golf course like yeah no yep no send that over to maritide and uh you know we'll sign the docs and move on anyway hey what hole are we on mm-hmm. and uh you know and then uh, and then it just went then it just went sideways yeah you know? and, and all ben of, was and, bad ben yeah was... no it went from uh, it went from the peak to the to the to the bottom um and uh, uh when you launch a business into that environment you have to do everything right. Mm-hmm. You cannot let anything slide. You know, you, you've got to be, you know, in the wine business, you know, obviously the juice in the bottle has to be excellent, but your package has to be right. Your story has to be right. All your marketing materials have to be right. You yeah, have to build course. a connection with your customers. Mm-hmm. You have to do all of these things. Um, and, you know, by, by launching a business into that kind of environment, it, at the, and, and by having to start your business in that, it builds a discipline in your business from the outset 
um, that's a lot harder to accomplish if everything's easy. Mm -hmm. If everything's easy when you start, you can get really sloppy and it's hard then to go back and build discipline in if you didn't have it at the start. But by starting a business in, in that kind of economic environment, um, we were really conscious of every last aspect of the business and it still exists that way in our business today. So it was a it was a real advantage. Plus, we started really small. We only made six hundred cases of wine the first year, so well, we didn't yeah. have to work real hard to sell those. So, what's your advice then for like, well, to my, to me and other entrepreneurs like myself mm -hmm. who didn't start their company during a recession, mm -hmm. and um, whether it's a somebody that's thinking about starting a business that's right. listening to this podcast yeah. that's looking to start it now, which mm -hmm. obviously is not a recession; we're in mm -hmm. a boom, mm -hmm. or somebody who started it like myself since like. Uh, everything bounced back, which is basically 2011, 12-ish and on. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of going on and things are growing and things are good. Um, my, my, best, my, my best advice, and we, we're doing this with our wine business now because, you know, really since we launched, the economy has been going up. Right. You know, so we, we really have been pretty beneficial of a good economy, even though we launched into a bad one. Um, the best piece of advice that, that, I would, that I would give anybody that's doing that is you better have a rainy day plan. Mm-hmm. You better um, be ready to execute a recession plan. So be cash positive. Have a strong balance sheet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, have other other strategies. You know, for um, you know how you're going to navigate through a down economy. So you know, specific to our business, um, we you know we launched a sister winery that has lower price wines. You know, we, we you know what's easier to eliminate in a recession than expensive wine. <laughs> Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, people drink more in a recession. They just drink less expensive. Right. You know. What I mean, <laughs> I, I, you go talk to somebody at the, at, at the, you know, one of the distributors. You talk to somebody at the liquor store, and when the economy was really bad, their volume was up. Right. But people are drinking from the bottom shelf instead of the top shelf. Right. Um, and so you know, we've 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 um, uh, we've we've built some lower price brands, and we're actually planning for even. Uh, another one, so that if we had to, we could push production into uh, into a, a less expensive um, brand, mm -hmm. um, and then just let the double back sit and wait for a few years until until it until we're right. Um, we also are making sure that our balance sheet is strong, so that we can weather a storm. We're we're uh, uh, you know building a nice little buffer that that uh, can allow us to weather a storm for a year or two if we have to. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but then on top of that. We've never grown all the way into our demand um, with 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 Doubleback. Right. Uh, the wine right now, we you know, if I had to, you do it on purpose. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, right now, you know, I I mean, I truly don't have any wine to sell you right now. It, you know, like <laughs> we've got some we've got some Flying Bee Cabernet mm -hmm. uh, that's available currently, and that's the only wine that we have to sell right okay. now. And so, um, you know, with that, you know, that's, that's sort of something that allows me to sleep. But one of the things that allows me to sleep at night is that we've got excess demand for the wine. Right. Um, and we would like to keep it there forever. Um, there's a, you know, ob there's an obvious, um, you know, tendency to think, oh, well, we've got demand. We better grow into that and see how much money we can make right now. Well, you do that, and then all of a sudden your market's saturated. And the minute the economy takes a little bit of a slide, now you're stuck sitting on inventory. And nobody wants to sit on inventory. That's not that's not a good no. business model. So, um, so we're we're conscious of that, and that would be that would be the advice I would give to uh, anybody that has started a business recently or is um, looking to start a business, is that you better have your doomsday plan. 
Right. And you should stress. Don't think it's going to be a gravy train the whole time. And you should also, yeah. and you should stress test it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, and by that I mean you need to, you need to have a financial model, and you need to figure out what breaks it and and kills your business. Interesting. You know, so you build a financial model like, okay, at what sales level do we become cash flow negative? And mm-hmm. if we are, how long can we withstand that? Mm-hmm. Right. And if that number isn't like significantly below where you are right now, where you can still survive, you better start working on a plan. Right. Because at some point, you know, at some point, I mean, it's, it's cyclical. Now, I hope we never go through one like we did in, you know, 2000, 2008. Yeah. Um, um, you know, nobody ever wants to do that again, but it is going to turn down at some point. Right. And, um, you know, everybody that claims to have a crystal ball is lying. Um, you talk to the smart financial guys and they'll all tell you like, yeah, I mean, it's going to turn down at some point, but you know, it could be uh, two weeks from now or it could be four years from now. Yeah. They don't, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. No, nobody freaking knows. We can just play, <clears throat> yeah, play it's, the best we can. I Thank do, you. I, I do, I do love the, uh, I do love the guys though that, that, uh, you know, got lucky and like, yeah, no, I called the last recession, told you it was going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, good job, man. You, you, know, you, you, you certainly called that, but you were just one of the lucky ones. So, you know, good job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many other ones did you call before that? Did you also exactly. say this guy yeah, was no, yeah, fall yeah, in 05 yeah, no, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. No, was, uh, well, there, was a, there was a great quote um, that I just read recently. It was, um, God, what was it? It was, uh, it was something on... Uh, it was something on the economy. I'm going I'm to drop the ball, but it was like, um, you know, the market correction correctly predicted nine out of the last five recessions. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, so, and so it's like, oh, the sky is falling. Well, you know, yeah, half the time that was right. And the other half of the time, you know, it was you were chicken little. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah, yeah nobody funny. has a nobody. But, has but, yeah, but, but, but the, the, the punchline, though, is that you, you have to have a plan for when it happens because it will happen. Right. And anybody that thinks it won't happen um, is, is destined for failure. Yeah. And they're going to be like if they have a business up and running and if it's going well and if they're not thinking that way, then they're going to be working for banking. Of America, yeah, right. You know, well, like, and 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 by the way, and, you know, I mean, hey, you know, if the next recession never comes, you still have a strong balance sheet and a good plan that allows you to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, but you know, I just uh, I was just at a, a, a business class with with one of the smartest guys in Ben with Rod Ray, who's teaching a business leadership class, and when he uh, when the recession hit, when they had their their problems at Ben Research. They had a balance sheet that allowed them to exist for three years um, while they worked their way out of it, and they ultimately worked their way out of it and became a fabulously, you know, valuable company. Sure. Um, but, but you know, I just I asked him the question: "Is like, did you do that on purpose?" He said, "Yes." Uh, I learned from my dad, and my grandfather, that you know, your, your balance sheet is what's going to allow you to survive. That's really interesting because our balance sheet can allow us to survive for a year. Mm-hmm. So I need to times that by three is my main takeaway here. Another thing, though, for, for me personally, is I actually can't really wait a bit for a recession. Yeah, right. Because I, when it comes to what we're doing here, the when it comes to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube pre-roll, mm-hmm. all these different things, it's like $4 CPMs. Like, so your cost to get in front of a person is $4 per 1,000 impressions. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to take that and, and compare it to TV, mm-hmm. radio, right. that's more like 10 to $15 CPMs. Right. Uh, newspaper nobody reads anymore. Right. So right. all of a sudden you have like dealerships and other companies mm-hmm. that are all putting their money there. And then when they need to get really conservative and mm-hmm. make the right play of their money, that's when I'm like, hey, I'm here to rescue you. 
So I'm in yeah. a way like. I, well, I mean, honestly, that's that's the magic of having that plan, is that if you have a recession plan, then you almost look forward to it. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, well, I got the pitch ready and everything. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, hey. and, you know, and in, in our in our in our world, you know, a, a, a recession with a strong balance sheet means that we go acquire more land for cheap. Right. You know, and 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 do that. But if you're, but if you have too much debt and you don't have a strong balance sheet, and the recession comes, you can't withstand that, and you can't view it as an opportunity. But if you build it properly then an economic downturn is an opportunity that you're waiting for and looking forward to. That's exactly what I'm waiting for too when it comes to property. You hit the, mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, you know, the, uh, what's going on in our economy right now in mm-hmm. Bend, it's insane. Like, I'm yeah, not- well, and it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's across the US. I mean, yeah. shoot, Seattle, Portland, you know, Bay Area. The Bay Area is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, uh, yeah, you look at it and I just, I remember the, uh, there were a few warning signs that I did see um, right before the last one hit, and I just, you know, what were kind, they? Kind of wasn't paying attention. Um, well, there were a couple that I, I won't go into that were, was like, <laughs> it's like these really smart guys that basically told me, yeah, this is this is not coming, and I just kind of, oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the funny one is like, oh, when you know when the uh, when the, the when. Um, you know, the guy mowing your lawn all of a sudden and becomes a developer. You're like, okay, yep. <laughs> this might be a little frothy, you know. And, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, the guy's not showing up anymore because he, he's become a developer because money's free and, and uh, all that. You're right. Like, okay, yeah, shit, that should have been a warning sign. Um, well, speaking of, like, going through recessions and whatnot, what do you think has been the number one failure that you had to overcome, whether it's football or business? that you've learned from because I, I i personally yeah. like failure i'm like that's a learning experience and so now i yeah. know how to not do something <clears throat> yeah um it's a great quote that uh, that that rod had to, right when we started his deal it was uh um good decisions come from experience and most of experience comes from bad decisions <laughs> which i think is a, it's a um i think it's a mark twain quote i don't know I'll have to look at it but it's that's funny. great um you know, we've 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 had some we've had some some mistakes business wise. Um, um, thankfully, not too many. Um, but I, you know, I made I made one bad decision when uh, um, when the Canadian dollar went way down. We had a Canadian distributor kick back a bunch of wine, and rather than just sitting on it, we decided to just go push it out to uh, uh, one of these uh, online, you know, discount retailers. Mm-hmm. And then they pushed it out on the market at a, at a at a price that really undercut our our retail price, and pissed a bunch of people off. Now it, it was nice because it was just we turned inventory into cash real quick. But it but it uh, and we've we survived it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those mistakes like okay that was a colossal mistake. We can't ever undercut our price and piss off our customer base. Um, so wouldn't, wouldn't so now that. whenever that comes up, you just automatically just kibosh well. It. Now, thankfully, it hasn't it hasn't come up again, which is good because the the, the demand has continued to grow. Right. But, but if that did come up again, um, now we would just you know we would just hold that wine back and sit on it for a couple of years until 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 we moved it rather mm-hmm. than rather than um, rather than make that mistake again. Well, then it becomes more valuable, right? Because it's been yeah, because longer. it's been uh, it's been aged longer. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, we would have you know, and I would you know what makes me even more angry about that mistake is man i would kill to have that um, that wine back that wine back yeah. well we, we wouldn't have it we would have we would have we would have sold it by now mm-hmm. um but if i had that library wine 
in our inventory that I could charge a bunch for. Man, that'd be great to have right now. But so it was a mistake. So we won't do that again. Um, you know, and then outside of that, there are little hiccups here and there. But but uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the lessons I did learn is we had we had to had to fire somebody, um, which was oh, that was always my, sucks. It was my first time um, firing you know, someone as, as an employer hiring somebody. Well, first time firing somebody that had been with us for a long time, been, okay. a, been a key person. Um, but uh, you know, the one of the pieces of advice that I got that, that ended up being very very true was that um, the minute you realize that there is a need for change you need to make that change immediately immediately because Be- otherwise you just it just sinks in you yeah and no, you're just sitting just, around like i really need to do that with this I person really it turns that. out it's the best thing for them too yeah exactly and generally if there's somebody on your team that um that's 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 you know it's not performing that, that, that you feel like you need to uh, move on from um generally they're not happy at their job either. No. And so it's, it's better. A lot of times they're cancer too. It's be- they're oh. going around and they're talking One of the things gossip, that, just negative oh. gossip, and it swirls and it swirls, and you just have to cut that snake off by the head. I think, it sucks, but you got to do it. I think the biggest um, inequity that, that I've seen that tra- that, that's the same in football as it is in business, in order to have strong and positive culture in mm-hmm. your team or your business, it takes everybody. And the inequality is that one person can tear it down, uh, whether that's a football team or a business. You get one negative, cancerous person in your organization, they can tear down the culture of your entire organization. I've been uh, through it. Yeah. And I've been through it, yeah. And, we, it's, and it's not fair. No, it's like, it's it's like not. shit, you, know, you can have, you know, on a football team, you can have 60 guys that are going in the mm-hmm. right direction that are team guys that are going. And one dude can tear it down, and, and in a business, it's the That's same way. That's why you see like those high-profile wide receivers sometimes all of a sudden getting traded away. And they're like, yeah, the, the numbers were great. And it's like, well, you don't know what's going on in the locker room there. Yeah, no, the it's a, no, it's like it's like the uh, the the uh, you know the positive the, the you know the positive flashy plays mm-hmm. um, are are never worth the. Um, you know the negative yardage you know, within the, the within the locker room within yeah. the locker room and yeah. that's a that happens a lot in sales and businesses right oh, like, yeah. it's just yeah. like hey you have this all-time performer but um guess what he's in like a lone wolf his yeah. way or the highway yeah. and you put up with it just because oh he's it's bringing like, oh, in the, the revenue oh the numbers are uh, the numbers are good but next thing you know you got you know, other employees are going to quit rather than keep working with that person, yep. or or they uh, hate coming to work too now. Yeah, when before another, they liked yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it was amazing when we when we finally made that decision. Um, our numbers were were flat year over year, uh, and in the three months following, um, we went from flat to. 35% up Jeez. year over year. Flat to 35%. Okay, takeaway. If you have somebody in your business <laughs> who you know is cancerous, but you're not doing anything about it, do something about it now. It's been hitting you. It's been killing you for the past like month, like two, mm-hmm. three months, however mm-hmm. long it is. And when you actually do make this decision, for me personally, mm-hmm. it's 24 hours beforehand of stress and about five to 12 hours after of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it was done. And then it's over. Yeah, and then it's over and it's done, and every and and everything all of a sudden goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh, and I got great counsel for how to do how to actually do that, which I because like I said, I'd never done it before, and so if you're out there and you're and you, you have to do this, the two pieces of advice: number one, you say as little as possible. Yes, and you don't and and, and, <laughs> yes, and you and you and, and you and you don't enter into a discussion about it. Yeah, it's it's done. It's over. You rip the bandaid off. Also, and you're have done. the check ready. 
have the, the check, have, have, the, have ready. the check ready, mm -hmm. and and um, and uh, there, and then you also have to make sure that you have a witness. Right. Um, you know, so you have to have you, have, you can't be by yourself in the room when you mm -hmm. do that. You have to have somebody with you, and that person is forbidden from speaking. Um, they're just simply a witness, and so. Yeah, had to do it. It was uncomfortable. Didn't like it. Um, it was you know somebody that had been pivotal to our business, but it had just had gone the wrong way. Yeah, and had to do it, and I hated it. And you know, yeah, we and, and, we, and, and, and we still don't speak, but <laughs> but it, it was uh, it was it was absolutely necessary. And for everybody listening right now, Drew and I are not saying go and fire everybody. We're just saying when you do need to do it yeah. to a specific person, and you know who it is, then mm -hmm. just do it. Have the check ready. And be able to get ready to grow your business again. It's going to yeah. suck for like mm -hmm. a combined total of 32 hours, mm -hmm. and then you're going to be over it. Yeah, and then and, 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 so and they're going to be over it, and they're going to be happier. And it's just it's it's uh and you know thankfully you know it's, it's easier said than done though, right? It's way easier said than done. Yeah, because it's you know change is hard no matter what. Whenever and, I have to and, do and, it, I and, freak out. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it's 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 way hard, and that and you know it's not like and it's and it's and it can't be something where like. Well, you know, Joey had a bad day, so I'm going to fire him. No, it's not. That's not how it works. It's, no, it's, not at all. No, this is something where you've you've observed a pattern of behavior for a long time. I personally work with the person. Yeah. and I try to turn it yeah. around. Yeah, and you work with them, and you talk to them, and you and you work through you know whatever changes you need, and you know you you give them plenty of opportunity to uh, to address the issue, and then if it doesn't change, then you have to make the move. One thing I'm really surprised about, um, you know, we we have. Uh, Met together, hung out uh, around a dozen times, and you. There's there's no ego that goes around with you, like mm -hmm. you, like with. Uh, here's mm -hmm. the facts. Facts mm -hmm. is is that Drew, you are probably Ben's biggest celebrity. Mm -hmm. You do not act like that. When you first came in, I was worried about all sorts of different stuff. One mm -hmm. thing I was worried about, and this was another thing I was impressed about, was. Okay, when Drew first came to our office, should we have a Patriots flag up? <laughs> and no. I, and so yeah. we we weren't really maybe a, sure. maybe a Cougar flag. Yeah. <laughs> Patriot Patriots fired me and went with that uh, that slappy backup quarterback. Of mine. Oh yeah, and Tom what, Brady. What, yeah, yeah what's, who's what's, he? What's, what's he ever done? <laughs> but um, you know, disrespectful, what else? disrespectful backup. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so you went. So basically, yeah. you brought the Patriots from a joke yeah. to respectable, making the playoffs. You then take yeah. a huge hit. Yeah. You go out, Tom Brady ends up being discovered, yeah. the rest is history there. But you did not say, what is that Patriots flag doing here? You yeah. instead say, I love yeah. the Patriots. Oh, absolutely. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, you gave the, the team member who was, so what our strategy ended up being like, okay, we're going to put it over our uh, employee's chair who's from Boston. Oh, right. And then right. she and Mariel yeah. is going to have it yeah. like um, on her chair yeah. so that the company is not at fault, but it's Mariel. And yeah. you were right away like, I love the page. And yeah, like gave her a hug and, and everything. And by the way, she's a sweetheart too. So oh, it was yeah. easy. And she loves wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but, I mean, I mean what, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the truth is, how do you walk away from that basically yeah. with the with basically the type of modesty that you have yeah. and you don't like a lot of people would have a grudge on yeah. their shoulder for the rest of their life but you don't show that yeah I you know I think one of the things that that that, that uh, that's important you know just in, in living a and uh, living a quality life one of the important most important um, attributes I think you can have is gratitude mm -hmm. man I'm so grateful I got to play NFL football was the you did a damn good job at it. Oh too. hell yeah! No, I mean I was in the t I was in the top ten in all those statistical categories yeah. when I left, and I and I and I you know it wasn't perfect, um, but man, it was cool. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful I got to do that. And, uh, you know, that it, you know, was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. You know, would, what you know, is perfect? It, yeah, Tom Brady isn't even perfect. He yeah, lost last year. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah, <laughs> no, he, he's had a golden horseshoe up his ass forever. And Tom, if you listen to this ever, you've had a golden horseshoe up your ass forever. But, but, uh, um, but in, you know, what does a golden horseshoe mean? Is that oh, a lucky man, he horseshoe? Did a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of things have gone his way, and he knows it. Uh, but, uh, but he, uh, but he's, but he, but he's earned every last bit of it to me. He works his ass off, and he's a great person. I love him to death, mm-hmm. um, even though he took my job. But, but the, uh, but, but, uh, um, but I think you know that's that's one thing that I just that that, that was that, that was instilled in me from my parents, and they and they expressed that, and, and you know when I was growing up and. I'm just so grateful for the life I've gotten to live, man. I've, I, I wouldn't trade my life for anybody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, if you're if you're grateful for everything that you have, man, it's just an easy way to go through life. And and uh, um, I love living in Bend. Love the relationships that I have here. Love all of it. And it. Uh, um, so yeah, for me, it's you know, it, <laughs> to. Uh, I don't know. I've seen guys over time that, that decided they were going to be big time and uh, big time everybody they came in. Man, that ends poorly. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go very well. No, and that's people just don't not end up liking you. That's just not how, and that's not how I'm wired. I don't, you know, I'd, I'd better, you know, talk, but, talk about skiing and football. Speaking of that, though, is my next question. And actually, the book is right there. Would you mind grabbing um, the last book? Uh, towards you. Oh, there there you go. go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I forgot I had the thing. So yeah. this, is, uh, this is your dad's uh, yeah. book. Yeah. Out there, yeah, and um, and my next question was actually so I met with your dad, yeah, and he has a mission of teaching parenting with dignity, and this can go on forever. But right. to, to sum it up, I this is gonna be a hard question. Mm-hmm. But what 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 specific lesson from him mm-hmm. has shaped your life the best? Oh man, uh, well there, I mean, it's, it, he, between he and my mom, you know, that's that's, that's they're the, the people that told me taught me all the important stuff. At least as, as I right. view it, all the important stuff. I, I, I would I would say two. I would say two that 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 I think are overriding, um, you know, from from dad that we've used in with our own kids and so on. Uh, number number one is that you you send a continuous message of love to your kids, you know, and and they did that with us. Um, that doesn't mean you're permissive by any stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times loving your kids means saying no um, and giving them boundaries and bumpers. Um, but if, as long as they know unequivocally that you're, uh, you have unconditional love for them, then you can share whatever message you need to share. And then the other one I think that, 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 that um, is hard uh, as a parent but is really, really important is that, um, and mom and dad did this with me and my brother, um, you treat your kids like they're on an 18-year lease. An 18-year lease. 18-year lease. Meaning they're not your kids. Meaning they're not yours. You don't own yeah. them. But at the start of it, at the start of it, you know, when they're born, you own all of it. Mm-hmm. And then each year, they take one eighteenth ownership in their own life. So by the time they're nine, and we've done this with our own kids, by the time they're That's, nine, that, that makes a lot of sense because when you're a baby, you really don't have any. When ownership. you're a baby, like when if you're, you left them out there in the cold, they're dead. They're dead, right? <laughs> it's just so. And, and they don't have the ability to make decisions, yeah. and you got to keep them from you know sticking their finger in the socket. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, I like that. You know, jamming a fork in the. So sister. zero eighteenths from year one. Uh, zero yeah, one, and then, but, but, and but, the, but the crazy thing is, by age nine. Mm-hmm your kids should make half of their own decisions. They right? should, and that makes a lot of sense and too. So, and, and you see, and you, you, know, you give them the easy ones. You know, what do you want to wear today? 
you know, and so we've seen some interesting outfits come up, you know, you're like, really, you're going to, okay, well, yeah, you can, yeah, you can wear that to school. Um, you know, who you want, who do you want to spend time with after school? You know, mm-hmm. they get to make those decisions now, you know, as the, and as they grow, you know, you, until they're, until they're 18, you still reserve that parental right to say no on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they're 18, you know, if it, it, by, by this, by this math, once they're 18, they make all their own decisions. Now, hopefully you've developed a relationship with them where they'll come and ask your advice. Right. Um, but ultimately those decisions are theirs and, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can help them through them and, and, uh, and they've got to take ownership. But, um, the important thing in doing that though, is you did it at an early age, um, you learn how to make decisions. One thing I just found absolutely fascinating when I was talking with your dad was, um, a story about when you and Adam were growing up and the way that he kept you guys away from drugs. And it was, um, I'd love you to jump in here, but you were at a party mm-hmm. and the drill was if there was drugs going around, you would call and ask for a pizza. Yeah, call the house and order a pizza. Call the house and order a pizza. <clears throat> yeah, I only had to use it once. Okay. What? But yeah, but yeah, called the home number, like, hey, yeah, I'd like a large pepperoni. Uh, address is so and so. And then I And by call the house, you mean you call, you call, call your dad, call, mom? Call, yeah, call yeah. mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, 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 uh, and you're doing it. So, by the way, this is also for the people who listen. Is this is back in what? You, this is pre-cell phones. This is yeah. pre-cell phones. So you're picking phones. up yeah. the landline yeah. 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 <laughs> and you're yeah. calling to order a pizza yeah. and, uh, and you're telling them the address because there's no GPS. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. we already know the exactly. address. Yeah, yeah. No, you couldn't just call an Uber or send mm-hmm. them your. Yeah. Uh, but the but the but the, the the rule was that that if if we if we used that get out of jail free card, mm-hmm. um, that there was no judgment. That was if we're calling now. If we if we were in that situation excuse me, and didn't call mm-hmm. and got in trouble, now there were repercussions. Sure, as there um, should be. And, uh, but, if, but if we were in that situation and we called, used our get-out-of-jail-free card, then uh, we got to come home with no way. And I only, I only had to use it one time. Um, and then the rest of the time, I just, just, I just stayed at the party. No, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> so what did you... That, uh, that's, actually, that's actually not true. But, 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 it was, uh, but no, it was, uh, it, was, it was one of those things where, you know, you... you uh, um, you know, both my brother and I, as we were growing up, because of the, all the decision making we got to make mm-hmm. growing up, um, we developed a level of trust with our parents where we could kind of, we could kind of go anywhere and do anything as long as we didn't screw up. Mm-hmm. And neither one of us screwed up very much, so we got a lot of freedom. What was what's some advice you'd like to give to like if you go back in time and say, hey, there's Drew and he's 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you tell Drew? <laughs> he's 18. Oh, you know, it's it's interesting because I've thought about this quite a bit. Um, and I actually, you know, with the, with all the the, the graduating um, uh, football players and athletes, and then their friends, um, I've actually kept a file on my phone for the last six or seven years uh, that I call the rules, which is a list of things that I wish I knew when I was eighteen. Um, I can't share all those with you right now um, because <laughs> some of them are a lot of That's them are, right. a lot of them are uh, not for public view. Sure. Um, you know, but the truth is, for me personally. Um, I'm not sure I would go back and change um, very much, um, simply because all of those experiences and mistakes have kind of allowed me to be where I'm. It's kind of what's allowed me to be here, and I wouldn't change where I am right now for anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, I think you know when you're uh, there are a few things. Can that you I've, imagine though, if like if, if you don't yeah. mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm uh, 46, okay, almost so, 47. So you're 47. Yeah. And could you imagine having the mind you have right now yeah. 
when yeah. you're 18. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be dangerous. Yeah, right? Yeah, it'd be dangerous. <laughs> That's what I think. Like, yeah. if I, I'm only 31. I'd yeah. be like, man, if I had this yeah. going on when I was yeah. 18, I still have so much to learn, so uh, much to learn. Well, that's why some of the cliches are so true. And one of the truest cliches ever is youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Youth is wasted on the young. Okay. It, um, because if you had the, uh, the, the energy and vitality of a, a 20-year-old mm-hmm. with the wisdom of a 60-year-old, Dude, you could rule the world. You could. You could rule the you world. You could. Um, but I think you know some of the things that I share with 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 the boys. Just you know, I've, I've divided it up into into three. It's like uh, personal relationship and financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, one of them. You know, one of the one of the important ones that I that I didn't come to understand until until later is and and after watching friends go through some really hard times in the recession, you know, understand debt, understand what it means, and understand you know, what that really looks like and, and, and how it works. So what does debt mean? Uh, depends. Um, in business, uh, if you've got cash flow to support debt, it's the cheapest money you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, if you're going to tie debt up into an illiquid asset, then you have potential for real trouble. Hmm. Um, and uh, um, so, you know, that's, that's one that I've watched a lot of people go through. And, but, it, if, uh, but if you have a business that can, with, with a lot of cushion, can support money and, and, and support some debt and you wanna go um, you know, build your business, it's way cheaper than private equity, you know, venture capital, going sure. public, you know, it's the cheapest money you can find, especially interest rates are still low, so mm-hmm. it, and, and then there's you know, tax benefits to it also. But you have to understand that. Like if yeah. you're going to tie debt into an, an illiquid asset, mm-hmm. now that can be the anchor around your neck that drags you down, and that's what happened to a lot of people in the recession. Um, if you if you have a business that has the cash flow to support it, you know, then by all means, you know, it's it's the cheapest money you can find to grow your business, and if you can justify it. But you need just need to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I tell the boys is, <laughs> um, live beneath your means. Um, you know. That's used, really good advice. You use That's co- very good advice. I you, mean, you've probably seen that so much in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. how many teammates yeah. did you yeah. see that would just? I, I don't know. Do you do you know of teammates? Oh yeah, no, there that went bankrupt. Oh, oh, there. Oh, just a, a ton of them. Yeah, you know? and and it. Uh, you know, you see somebody that signs for a, you know, a six round draft pick rookie and shows up with a brand new car with twenty thousand dollar rims and you know all of that. You're like, well, you just spent your entire first year salary. You know, and and, 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 and and don't understand. You know, don't understand. That they got a tax bill coming. They're not getting getting good advice. And there's so likelihood they could get hurt, <clears throat> or you know, yeah. just or just you know, just and so you know, with and, and so you know, I mean, the simplest ones. You know, I tell the boys, hey, look, you know what? Used cars are great. They are. Used cars are great. Go buy something that's five years old. Somebody else took the depreciation already. It's going to be ninety percent as good as the car you're going to buy brand new off the lot. And guess what? You can sell it in five years, and you only lost like five percent of it. You know, you drive it off the lot, you know, and, uh, and uh, one but it's, of the, it's been able to let your ego take that hit, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, everybody wants the, the, the shiny new everybody thing. Everybody wants a bling bling. Yeah, all well, that yeah, stuff. All of that stuff but, yeah, but it's a uh, but I, you know, the the uh, I've, I've actually taken that. And when I talk to him, I tell him, flip that on its flip that on its head. Let your ego be, man, I'm way smarter than those guys. I'm not doing that. Right. Right. And and one of the pitfalls that that. Yeah. One of the pitfalls that happens that, that people fall into is that they think the banks are their friends, right? And so you go sit down to get a loan, 
that bank office that's a big pitfall by that the way. bank officer that bank <laughs> banks your friend. that bank officer is going to try to loan you as much money as he thinks you could possibly qualify for right all of a sudden and a million dollar is, home is doable right yeah like exactly when, when really is, a four hundred thousand dollar home should have been what you got exactly yeah. and that is not in your best interest um and, and you know one of the pieces of advice that i gave him when they're dealing with banks for example when you go in to apply for a loan, the first two banks that you go into should be fact-finding expeditions. You should go in and know going in the door that you're at the end of the conversation, you're gonna say thank you very much and walk out. Mm -hmm. And But you're gonna use that to learn, right? So you go That's to- That's some a, good advice. And so you so go it's to, just gonna be, it's yeah. no matter what you're leaving. No, ma saying, no matter what. And no so matter what, you're leaving, you're saying thank you so much and we'll yeah. be in touch. Yeah, thank you very and much. The first, in touch. the first two. The okay. first two, and you go in, and what you're going to get out of that is you're going to get a lot of feedback about your credit worthiness, about what you can do, about where interest rates are and how flexible they can be. Because the, the uh, one of the most powerful words in the entire English language is no. Yeah. You walk into a bank and you tell a banker no, they're going to chase you to the door and try to get you back in. And then they're going to chase you forever. And next thing you know, you're going to know what their best offer is. Um, and so, you know, you walk into... If same with get, cars, by the way. Same with cars, Actually, yeah. Actually, same with anything. Yeah, same with anything. <laughs> I mean, shoot, that's how, that's how I ended up married to my wife. She said no a lot, and next thing you know, I'm trapped. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. Uh, but and, and, and it's a very happy marriage. We've been no, married, for, 20, we've been married like, for 26 no, years. But yeah, but everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody no, says yes all the time. Yeah, yeah no, she, she, and, she told me no a few times. The next thing you know, uh, I couldn't chase her hard enough. <laughs> well, what that no is the thing that makes it's people want what they can't have, and the yeah. same goes in business. So if yeah. you say no to a car dealership, you say no to a bank, you say yeah. no to a realtor. Yeah. All of a sudden, they want you because they can't have you, yeah, and you exactly. get that little thing. But that also goes for time. Yeah. You know, if you know with your property, anybody's property, if you have yeah. property and somebody decides to build on your property, you immediately will take all your time and effort to make sure that they don't take any of your property away, mm -hmm. like any of that size, right? Yeah, right? But when people decide to take away your time. When they ask mm -hmm. you, hey, can you help with this project? Can you help with this? When you have mm -hmm. that, why? We're so quick to say yes, but that's mm -hmm. the only thing we can't buy back is our yeah, time. exactly. We yeah. can't buy back time, yet we always say yes to it. Yeah. So that's why I like your point of no mm -hmm. is the most powerful word because yeah. that works when it comes to your goddamn time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one of the things that one of the things that I've, that I've done, because I, I, I get pulled in a lot of different directions, and it's which, oh, is, weird. which, which, is, which is almost always good. I mean, it's, it's always good stuff. It's always stuff that I want to do. Um, but one of the, and, and I've, and I've made it a, uh, I've made it a, a mantra to, to just to always be truthful. Um, but when I, but sometimes I'll say, no, I'll just say, sorry, I have a prior commitment. Right. And that prior commitment might be that I just want to have dinner with my wife that night. That's a commitment. It's a commitment. Yeah. So I don't have to explain. Yeah. Just, you know. And, you got to uh, go have dinner with a woman that told you no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want her to tell me no anymore. And what was and, she doing saying no to two brats? Uh, she she have any uh, idea? She, <laughs> she, yeah, she, was, she actually, she has really good family, so she wasn't saying no because she should have. So, but, uh, but um, no, but it's, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, so I, sh I share some of those pieces of advice with, you know, with, with the boys. Um, and, uh, you know, probably the biggest piece of advice, and this isn't business related, but the biggest piece of advice so that I that I that I give them that's the most important and I hit it really hard um, is that the most important decision they will make in their life is their spouse. Um, if you get that one right, everything else is pretty easy. But that you, is a business decision. 
Yeah, it can be. Well, think be. about it. I mean, well, when, it's when a, you, if you're well, a business owner, you come home and you're talking to your wife. Yeah, you know you stuff. are. I mean, but, it, but it's, it's and if it's, she's it's, if she's a money driven person, yeah, right. All yeah, of a sudden, a, yeah. you get different. Instead of doing what's right for you, it's like, well, what's going to get? Well, me, that's what I mean. That's like what's going to get me a convertible. No, if you maintain, if you maintain, if, if if that relationship is the right relationship, then your life's going to be fine, mm-hmm. and nothing else is going to matter. Because you, if you got the right relationship, yeah, you can. Live wherever, drive whatever, be wherever, and you're still going to be happy. If you pick the wrong one, I mean, you know, now you got Jeff Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be the wealthiest man in the world, and your life's going to be kind of shitty, and you're going to be looking for, you know, looking for other options. Um, or you and, keep on thinking if you make more money, it'll become better. Yeah, or you, know, or, 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 or you know what, we'll, do, we'll, just, we'll just have kids and that'll make everything fine. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, you know, no, it's just like, it's, so, so that, that, that's, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I give the boys when they're young. Make sure you get that relationship decision right. Well, do you have follow-up advice to that? Oh, always, you know, and I, and, you know, so I, and I tell them to trust their friends. If they're in a bad relationship, well, they got to trust their friends. Okay. That's what I was getting at is like, because the main piece of advice is pick your right spouse. Yeah. How do you pick the right spouse? Oh, well, yeah. I told them they'd, if they think they're right and they're ready to get married, they have to wait at least a year. Before That's they, good before advice. Yeah. yeah. You think you're right? Okay. If you're really right, she'll wait another year. What about moving in? Oh, you should probably, well, you know, I don't want to get into a religious discussion, but. No, either do but, I. But, but, I, but I, I, I think it's great great advice for to live together for at least a year before you even decide to get married i i agree yeah we and my, my wife and i did i had to go sit down with her. she was raised in a very very catholic family and wanted her to move out and live with me in boston before we were even engaged um and uh i had to go sit down and ask her dad which was difficult before you were engaged before we were even engaged so you're asking a dad, yeah. not not for her hand in marriage Mm-mm. but for her hand in living with you hand in living with me before we were even engaged oh man that's making my screen skin crawl yeah. oh god uh, thankfully he was very, <laughs> th- 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 thankfully he was very very kind and, and uh how and, old were you i was at that point i was 22 so you were a senior in high school or you just no, got drafted? To no, the this was my. It was after. So my first year in New England, I was twenty-one. Okay. Um, and then it was my second year. Okay. It was my second year. So yeah, yeah. So you proved yourself by that point. Well, I think he. You know, he. I. You know, he was. He's a special person. And he, <laughs> he. And he. And, and he, he. Unfortunately, he passed away ten years ago. But I. But he. Uh, I think he trusted that my intentions were good. But man, it was uncomfortable. But. But yeah, I, I would advise anybody, you know, unless unless your your you know religion prohibits it, um, live together for at least a year. Figure out if you actually really do like this person, because that passion comes and goes. And at the end of the day, you gotta like the person. What's your opinion on mentorship? I think mentorship is um, one of the most important things that anybody can do. Um, from a prof- I agree. From a professional and and uh, and personal uh, level, whether you're the mentor or the mentee, mm-hmm. um, that that relationship is mutually beneficial and one of the most important things you can do. I agree. Um, if you're uh, and I, I I've been so fortunate. I have some amazing mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I would tell young people that are that are going off into the into the the world of, of business um, and into the rest of their lives. Man, you'd be amazed at what people will tell you if you just ask. 
right? They'll give That's you, what I'm finding too. Yeah, like you can, um, like I, I've gone up to the uh, CEO of G5 and just yeah. be like, hey, Dan, I'm wondering about this, 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 and that. And he could charge me thousands of dollars in consulting because basically G5 is a giant Mazama. Yeah, yeah. He just told me. Yeah. No, you just go ask him. You're like, oh, yeah, here, let me, let, me, uh, let me tell you about it. Yeah. And they'll give you the answers to the test before the test arrives. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. But instead of test, it's life. Yeah, it's life, and it's and it's, and it's your business. And and, yeah. and uh, you know what I've what I've found is I'll go to them with a you know with an idea, um, and uh, you know in a, in a few cases like well no, no, I think that's a bad idea, but in most cases what they'll say is like well that's a good idea but mm-hmm. if you do it this way this way and this way it's going to work better. So that's a really good mentor. What do you think? So I, I've talked to a lot of people when I'm like, hey, I'm because I have the same opinion as you. And the thing is, is that believe it or not, do you, do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's yeah. actually he doesn't he thinks mentorship is a bunch of bullshit, which I disagree with. But yeah. I'm just, all I'm saying is, is that uh, there is people that disagree. Well, Gary, well, Gary's a Jets fan, so he's fundamentally <laughs> wired crazy. Yeah. Right. So um, with mentors, I have a few in town. Um, a couple in Chicago, and they've all helped me big. One of them, one of my biggest, is Preston, the owner of Five Talent, mm-hmm. and um, he helps me a lot. Dan uh, Hoven's given me a lot of advice with G5. Um, but I'll have people that say, okay, yeah, bud, that's great, but how do I get a mentor? Do I just go up and ask? I'm like, no. No, no, no. You don't say, hey, you, hey, Drew, would you mind being my mentor? You got mm-hmm. so much shit on your plate, but would you mm-hmm. mind coaching mm-hmm. little about over here? And you'd be like, right. um, how do I get out of this? Instead... I could say to Drew or Preston or Dan, just send a text, just being like, or a call, like, hey, I was curious, I'm looking on hiring this person, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't really quite sure this is what they're for, mm-hmm. or I'm looking on what I should do when it comes to mm-hmm. um, making my balance sheet be able to support me for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Where should I be looking at the cash flow percentage? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're just like, oh, this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. And then you do that again in a week or three. And you do it again. And all of a sudden, it's just mm-hmm. this unofficial thing. You just don't ask. <coughs> well, you don't I, I, you ask know, yeah. for this. You just, you just kind of... There's, there, there's, yeah, there's, there's the, that works uh, very well, and then, and then the other, the other, um, the thing that I found that that that, um, that honestly works uh, extremely well is actually getting a group um, together. So you, it's like YPO if you're familiar with YPO. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you put together a group like that, and then. Um, you you set up a more of a structure, mm-hmm. you know. It can't be more than like ten or twelve people, um, but you, but you do that because because there's in order in order to get real advice and really get deep into the weeds, there needs to be some trust and confidentiality. Um, and if you have a group that then you meet with, um, you know, we we did this and and, and we, we haven't met for a little while now. I do but, this with Opportunity Knox. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Preston that's, is yeah. Uh, the facilitator. Oh, that's what that's what I was that's where I was at today with Rod Ray was okay, was, cool. was at, at Opportunity Knox. Yeah, and um, we basically said everybody this is all confidential and we get into mm-hmm. the weeds. Yeah, no, but you, but you but you need to have that because otherwise. You know, in a one-on-one setting, you can trust people, but but you know, you just you want to you want to be able to trust that confidentiality to really lay yourself bare. Right. Um, and um, you know, so if you, you put together a, a peer group um, of like-minded individuals, you probably need to be in. One of the rules for ours was that you couldn't have two people in the same industry mm-hmm. um, because then there's you know then there's some withholding because you don't want to give your competitor something. Uh, That's what ours is too. Yeah. Yeah, but you sit down and. Uh, 
you, you sit down and you share ideas. You, you talk about your business. You talk about what you're doing. And these organizations, by the way, are in almost every community. Oh yeah, absolutely. like everyone that has like over probably fifty thousand people. But yeah. like almost everyone, there's one yeah. of these type of things. They're called different things, but just Google search it. Like look for like mentor group or mm. um, collaborations, stuff like yeah. that, and and YPO. Uh, in your town, and you'll yeah. be able to find something. Yeah, it's 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 the most valuable thing you can do if you're going to be in I, business. I join yeah. Opportunity Knox is probably mm. the most valuable. The amount mm. of stuff that I've learned yeah. and the amount of things, the pitfalls that I was able to avoid mm. because I had nine other guys that have already yeah. been there and girls that have been mm. there and did that. Yeah, it's mutual mutual mentorship, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, um, you know, and also try to be the dumbest guy in the group. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that was that was my goal, and so I just like, man, that's that I get in there, and so I kind of I was sort of the mascot because I was the football guy, but I was in the room, I, you know, the group that we have, fabulously smart people, um, and uh, it's kind of fun to throw yourself into the deep end and see if you can swim with them, right? <laughs> and uh, but you but you sit there and 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 everybody's throwing their business ideas out. Well, even if nobody's if you're not talking about your business, you're watching somebody talk about their business. And there are takeaways from all of it, you know, that are uh, that are really interesting. So, yeah, do that. That speaks to your humbleness form, too. Form a group. That speaks to your humbleness too. You're to me like try to be the dumbest guy in the room. That's another way of looking at it. Is like hire smarter people to go around you and be able to have yeah. the ego to deal with that. Yeah. Which is why Double Bag has been successful. I am so excited whenever I have team members, which is all the time, figure out stuff that I didn't think of. Oh, like, absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, oh, like, you yes. guys are so awesome. You figured oh, this yes. stuff out. Thank you credit all the time. Like you're the reason why we got to where we are. It's amazing. Well, one of the one of the one of the, the one of the one of the biggest hallmarks of, of real confidence is knowing that you don't know very much. Um, and asking and, and, and asking for help. Yep. Um, and honestly, you know, it's 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 funny because I um, you know, I I have if you you know, I'm pretty. Like, as uh, what's his name? Uh, I was Ron Ron White, mm-hmm. one of my favorite comedians. He goes. Uh, he goes. I'm smart, but you can't prove it on paper. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't have any fancy diplomas. Uh, but 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 I. To, you know, to me, if I, if I were to give myself any any credit on this front, um, is that I, I I do think that this the, the the smartest thing that that I have done and continue to do is to try to get in a good room or get get next to people and ask a ton of questions and just see how much I can learn. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the funny thing is by doing that, I've actually stolen an education um, from some really, really brilliant people. I'm sure they'd lend it to you anyway. Well, they, yeah, I mean, it's the, yeah, right. But the, uh, people but it, love to teach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and if you're I, it's and in if our you're, DNA, I believe. Well, if, 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 uh, if you have somebody that actually is willing to learn, then mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, if people are, are asking you questions just because they want to talk and tell you how smart they are, then that's not that's not effective. But, but oh, but, the act of listening yeah. just to hear what you're going to say next. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, um, what's uh, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, Dale. Uh, um, Dale Carnegie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Worst title on a really important book ever. Oh, so seventy million. Sold. Yeah. Like, well, he, I mean, he, you know, he was the one that taught Charles Manson how to uh, how to recruit those girls. So obviously, he knows. Did how he to, really? Oh yeah. You watched the Charles Manson deal. That was how he learned how to uh, put together his cult. Was uh, reading Dale Carnegie. 
Uh, so, so Dale didn't go out personally. Though. No, Dale okay. didn't. No, no, he's Dale's no, 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 no. Yeah, I think Dale was dead by then. But yeah. uh, but uh, but no, he uh, that Manson he used all of uh, Carnegie's techniques techniques to uh, recruit his cult. So use so it for good, not evil, everyone. You, yes, please <laughs> use it only only for good. Don't use it for evil. Um, but you know that's 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 the, the, one of the things that he says. You know, just you ask questions and then actually listen to the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what people will tell you. It's pretty cool. Um, what about double back? This guy right here, are you most proud of? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm what I'm most proud of. That's a good question. Um, what I'm most proud of with this is that when we set out to do this, um, we actually wanted it to be a real and authentic business that we started from the ground up, and that's what it's become. You know, we really wanted it to, you know, this is not, it was not designed to be a vanity project where we're just going to slap our name on a bottle and throw a bunch of money at something. Um, we actually wanted to build a real business around a product that we thought would compete on a world stage. And we've actually accomplished that. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, it's, and it's, so it's, that, that's been, that, that part's been really, really fun. And part of what makes it fun is that it's actually been hard. You know, I mean, it's been difficult. I mean, I, um, you know, I've actually, I'm actually on airplanes a lot going out and meeting the people and, and selling it. Um, yeah, you're saying been, New York City and, next week. Is that yeah, New York, City, New York City for, for, two, for uh, a day, Boston for a day, and then I come back and I'm back on the road. Um, but uh, uh, Zuckerberg actually has a cool quote that I'm sure you've seen. He goes, don't equate fun with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> right, which 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 I have, yeah. which is which is a, to me is a great quote because mm-hmm. um, most of the things that have brought me the greatest happiness in my life were actually pretty hard, mm-hmm. and and with this that's that's where this is. It's actually been difficult and long and arduous and and uh, bumpy and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the fact that we've actually now you know accomplished what our vision was which was to build a business around a world-class product from my hometown mm-hmm. um, with something that we started with bare ground to, to make. Man, that's a real cool sense of accomplishment, and I absolutely love it. Uh, and now, now, we've, now we're reshaping our vision and deciding what we want to be when we grow up, but, um, but we're not sitting still. It's not, we're not just going to, you know, hey, we've got a good, good wine, keep buying it. You know, we, we actually want to continue to grow, but do it in a, in a sustainable and... and positive way that's beneficial to um you know to our town of walla walla beneficial to our customers and beneficial to our business so um we're not sitting still with it but but getting to this point has been um has been really really cool and then and then the other part that honestly i that i that just just the pure fun part of it you mm-hmm. know for me um is actually sitting down with a bottle of wine with my wife and i really like it like we sit down and I'm like, shit, that's good wine. It is good you wine. You know, and and I was uh, drinking out like and, water. And, this yeah, whole I know. We need two bottles of wine for the podcast. <laughs> but it, but it's like it's you know to to be able to do something and you're like you produce a product and then at the end of the day, you know like okay, well it's a business, it's doing well, that stuff. But yeah, we sit down with a bottle of of our wine and I've had a couple of experiences over the past you know years where we'll be at an event or about our house or somebody else's house or whatever and. And I'll be walking around with a glass of wine, and I'll have a sip, and be like, "Oh shit, that's 
man, that's good. What? Oh, that's ours. <laughs> Hell yes, right? You know, and it's that's and, great. And, and, and so that's that part, great. So, so that part from a you know from a um, from just a, a fun and enjoyment standpoint, um, liking and being extremely proud of what you do is uh, is, is is super awesome. It's fulfillment. It is. It's fulfillment, and it's and it's uh, and. Uh, Plus, and to be happy with that. Plus, too, it's, right? plus, it's just cool, you know. I mean, of we, course. When we launched our first vintage, we had it in a bottle in 2007, and my wife and I, uh, or 2007 vintage that we that we got it bottled in uh, 09, and we hadn't released it yet. And so we came home and we had you know 600 cases of wine, not that much wine, but 600 cases of wine. We sat down at the table and, and so we're like, okay, well, it's the first time we get to do this, you know, crack a bottle of our own wine and share it at the table, and we were both sitting there and we're like, man. I hope people buy this. Uh, you know, I mean, I hope people buy it, but but we both had the same value. But, you know, if they don't, boy, we got a lot of wine. You to got drink a lot of wine, yeah. And I like it. So, yeah. you know, so so we're good. So, you know, the, to, be able to, uh, to be able to build a business around something that you really, truly enjoy and are passionate about. I tell people all the time now that it, I've been able to go my whole life now and I've never had a real job and I want to mm-hmm. keep it that way. So how can people... Uh, can find and follow you and yeah, double back yeah thanks man no, i appreciate it and i really appreciate you know supporting us and doing this but uh doubleback.com mm-hmm. or bledsoe family winery.com okay uh, the sister business is bledsoe family winery and that's that's designed to be a little more accessible to more people not very many people want to go spend 100 bucks on a bottle of wine yeah um, it's really good wine though by the way it's really a hundred dollars goes a long way we think it's a hell of a value yeah uh, but, uh, but, um, you know, and then the, the Bledsoe family winery wines are, are they're not cheap wines, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're like, you know, 28 to $55 a bottle. It's also good wine, but, but, uh, good. but, but still good juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but go to either Is of those. Is that the, what, uh, the bottle that the glass yeah, right there? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. So we got, the, so we, uh, our, um, our, our second label goes into these, which is more old world. Really. Yeah. Really, really important to note with this bottle, though, that not only is it kind of funky, cool, it's also a liter of wine, so it's more wine. This is 750 oh, milliliters. This is one liter. I, for, I forgot all about that. Yeah, you do get more wine yeah, out of this so thing. there's an extra cup. And you get this thing that, look, check how cool this is, right? Yeah, now so you, you can, have a uh, water yeah. bottle, like, after. Like, water bottle, yeah. you know, yeah, people use it for olive oil. They use it for all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, olive oil would be good. But, um, um, but, yeah, either one of those websites you can go to. Go to doubleback.com or bledsofamilywinery.com. Or if you can't remember that, just type Drew Bledsoe Wine and it'll pop up. <laughs> well, Drew, thanks so much for being here, man. It's been yeah, a Yeah, but I, I appreciate you, man. I'm a super fan of your business and what you're building and what you've done. And um, and it's really cool that you have your business here in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. One of the stories I tell about you all the time that I, I hope you're okay with me sharing, but one of the coolest, super bendy things that you do is that you have powder day hours at your office. <laughs> so if they're, what is it? What are the, what's the rule? Six inches? Four. Four inches, four inches. You uh, you don't have to start your work day till noon. Is that right? Yeah, noon or one. I mean, whenever yeah, you get in, yeah. it just it, you and know you we're just, not a restaurant, so yeah, we just, you just work, work till late. seven yeah. or eight. Yeah, you just work later. Yeah. Till your jobs. I done. love it, man. That's yeah. cool. It's a very bend thing to do. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming, Drew. Yeah, you got it.